Welcome! Welcome to My Sister Made Me View It, the Roswell 1999 edition. I'm one of your co-hosts, Emily, and I should be doing dishes. I am one of your other co-hosts, Megan, and I will subtly be finishing an email at the beginning of this recording. <laughs> Just but instead! <laughs> and instead! We're making a podcast. We are making a podcast. No, you, if you're not going to do it right, you can't oh do gosh, it at all. Oh my gosh, fine. We're making a podcast. <laughs> Thank you. That's all I want. Megan, you've had quite the week. I mean, you have survived. It's the hurricane of oh, 2023. <laughs> listen, that was such a non-event that I didn't, it didn't even register to me <laughs> because, okay, it, it was going, it could have been very, very bad. And I'm super grateful that it wasn't. Um, but the hurricane took a hard right. Well, it was Tropical Storm by the time it hit land, for one thing. No longer a hurricane. And Tropical Storm Hillary took a hard right after San Diego. So we had about six hours of medium rain, um, which, you know, is still a lot for where I live in L.A. But we did not have any flash floods where I lived. And we didn't have any heavy winds. So I'm very grateful. And... I'll have you know, I missed the earthquake part. We had a 5.0 earthquake, but since I was walking around my apartment, carrying things, focused on my tasks, because I was trying to clean up everything in case there was a flood and I didn't want a messy floor, I just thought the earthquake was my neighbors walking upstairs with heavy footfalls. (laughs) And I'm like, why are my cats all on high alert right now? Ugh. And then I go on to Twitter and it's just earthquake, earthquake, earthquake. And I'm like, I completely missed it. But Emily, that's not even the hardest thing I overcame this week. What's the hardest thing you overcame this week? More than a hurricane. Well, I fought a sexy villain in a video game. <laughs> you know, I actually did hear something about this. I fought a sexy villain in a video game for nine hours. <laughs> Because that's that, that it was over the course of a story. It wasn't one fight for nine hours, right? I mean, obviously, right? <laughs> no, it was the same fight, <laughs> and the the each round could be as short as eighteen seconds, <laughs> or as long as two minutes. I think the the winning bout was just under three minutes. So. Wow. Uh, Dilly actually did some math (laughs) and she's Uh like, this means you fought that villain anywhere from 200 to 900 times. (laughs) And I'm like, do you know what? That, that sounds right to me. That sounds like a Megan thing. But anyway, so, uh, news, I finally got my PlayStation 5 and I finally opened it because I hit a huge deadline at work. And I told myself when I hit this deadline, I was going to open up my PlayStation. And I opened it up. And between Saturday and Sunday, I put 26 hours into this game. Oh, my gosh. And two of those 26 hours were fighting the boss at the end of the tutorial level. Because, okay, listen, I'm not playing Dark Souls or anything. I'm playing Jedi Survivor, but because I know I'm going to love this game and be obsessed with it, I wanted to make it last as long as possible. So, Emily, what is my solution to doing that? 
Uh, your solution is playing it on Ultra Elite Jedi Master Hard Mode. Yes, for my first playthrough. For Typically, first playthrough. you play as Grand Jedi Master on your new game plus because you have all your abilities and all like your extra health scores. And I'm like, do you know what? I want a challenge. And it's been a challenge. I Like I said, the tutorial boss took me two hours. And of those first 26 hours, seven of those were on this sexy bad guy. That's... That's an early, and I'm also trying to talk around spoilers for Emily because I don't want to spoil it, but she knows the bad guy's sexy and she knows he's very hard to fight. (laughs) See, I play all mine on story mode because I like to enjoy my experience. I enjoy it. I know. Just in a different way. (laughs) But I even streamed a little bit of it because the PlayStation 5 lets me stream directly to Twitch, which is really fun. And the the funniest part of all this is for, like, the first six hours, <laughs> I wasn't even doing, like, uh, the re- this is the reason why it took nine hours. And sorry, then we'll get into Roswell. The first six hours, I was just, like. Then we can get into like, my news. I'm just, like, okay, we'll get into your news. <laughs> the first six hours, I'm just, like, I'm just having fun playing a video game. La, 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 la. I didn't even bother, like counting out his combinations or learning his move skill sets until hour six. Uh, so I played him seven hours that first night, and then I've played him a half an hour when I get up and half an hour before I go to bed on Monday. And then now Tuesday, I woke up and I beat him right before work started. And it, it really just set my intention for the day and made me feel super powerful. <laughs> Emily, what's there your you news? My news is I built a computer. Wow. All by yourself? All by myself with the with a lot of help from my good friend Ben, uh, which you guys are going to hear him on one of our upcoming episodes where uh, we've watched a movie together and we're going to... Anyways, it's a surprise. But just so you know, you're going to meet Ben one day and he's wonderful. He's an honorary sibling. An honorary sibling. And because of that, I actually now have... A desk that I can sit at and podcast and I don't have to balance everything on my bed when I do it because I actually feel like a real podcaster now and guess what else is going to help me feel like a real podcaster Megan a co-host that respects your time <laughs> by well, having I a have set one schedule for podcasting <laughs> no a patreon a patreon patreon it's here it's here almost uh we just want to announce that we are going to be setting up a patreon in the next couple of weeks and there are going to be three tiers tier one is three dollars we believe in you and with that you get uh access to our exclusive discord channel where you can chat with us and other fans about the different shows and books we're covering you can join us as we hyperfixate on other obsessions currently it's the magnus archives and you can also get access to bloopers and live reads plus there's going to be a discord channel where you can submit questions that meg and i will answer as we record upcoming episodes uh tier two seven dollars friend of the pod where you're going to get everything from tier one and with tier two friend of the pod you get early access to episodes your episodes are going to be available on monday and then tier three the final tier right now uh it's twelve dollars and you are at the level of honorary sibling you get everything from tier one and two plus 
Uh, we are going to do a monthly exclusive Patreon live stream. Meg and I, we might do a video game playthrough. <laughs> we might watch a movie with running commentary. Uh, or we may make like a random recipe you know we just we don't know we just know we'll have a live stream every month and you will be invited to it um you will also get the ability to vote on which project you'd like us to see covered next and then this is my favorite one uh-huh you get an exclusive special patron feed that only you have access to and the upcoming feed that is going to be exclusive to tier three is Meg and I are going to cover all the Marvel movies and TV shows. The entire Marvel ah! cinematic universe. That's what we're doing. So excited. So uh, that's what you get when you sign up for tier three and become an honorary sibling. Yay. Emily. Megan. I told you to ask me a great thing when we started. Can you ask me what my great thing is? Megan, what is your great thing? We are halfway through the last season of Roswell. <gasps> halfway through the last season of Roswell. There, which is great because yeah. this episode was rough. There are only 18 episodes and we just watched episode 9. And Emily, what was the theme of... what? When did this episode take place? So this is Roswell season 9. Nope. This is Roswell Season 3, Episode 9, Samuel Rising. And it is a Christmas episode. It is a very special Christmas episode in the way that only Roswell makes a very special Christmas episode. (laughs) Where everyone learns the same lessons they've already learned but have forgotten, and so they have to learn them over again. Emily, I took a note this episode. Okay. And it's because it's something that happened in the previously on and was not followed through on. Okay. Tess has shown up in the previously on multiple episodes this season, but the actress has never come back yet. And Emily, I am so sick of this. She took my son storyline. We haven't gotten anything from the home planet besides Kavar, the weird stalker, but he was a one-off like one episode villain. Yeah. <sighs> and I feel like they really built him up as as to be a main villain because he's the one that was responsible for killing them in their previous life. And yeah. all of a sudden they just kind of push him into a, a transporter beam and say, don't come back here, you bully. And he's gone. Like this... <sighs> I really would like to give them some slack. Again, because it's a new network, blah, blah, blah. We've talked about this. But at this point, it's just like you have taken this and you are trying so hard to shoehorn it into a different feel, a different genre, a different storytelling. And it's just not working. I think everyone is doing the best they can, all of the actors to... I mean, they're all acting wonderfully. I mean, they're really, you know, giving it their all. But I'm just missing our alien and human interactions and the shenanigans and everything is like life or death. Like this season, there's been like little to no levity, shenanigans, hijinks, none of that. And because this episode, I'll give you a really quick overview before we get into it. Um, Max is still freaking out about his son being missing and there is a young autistic boy that comes up to Max while he's sitting in the diner at the Crashdown Cafe uh, and says the word daddy to him 
which the mom is like, oh, he doesn't speak. This is amazing. And Max spends the rest of the episode thinking that his son is trying to contact him through this autistic boy. And it, okay, I'm going to say this. It wasn't as terrible as it could have been for this being about an autistic character in the 90s. I agree. Still not great. Mm-hmm. What was that? I, I agree. I was really worried this whole episode. I know you were. Yeah. And it was just uncomfortable that Max is like, this boy is mm-hmm. special mm-hmm. and he is connected to my son because there's something different with his brain that lets him communicate with aliens. And I'm like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> I was making that noise a lot. <laughs> <laughs> they should have had Brody in the previously on to explain this, to explain like kind of what Max is talking about. Because if you're just jumping into this season and you've never seen the previous seasons, you're not going to know that people, aliens can project themselves into other people's minds and take over their bodies and essentially get a human flesh avatar to walk around the planet while the alien is safely ensconced on their planet. But then, 100%, we would have had to be like, but Brody doesn't have autism, does he? Right, right. I miss Brody. He was one of my favorite characters in I hated two. him. No! When he had his secret Christmas daughter. And this is just, this is just like an extension of the secret of the Christmas children. This is another... Christmas children miracle episode and Maria I want to introduce you to my daughter please it's Christmas Eve and there's not much time is that red shoes (laughs) Christmas shoes the worst the worst Christmas song ever well great it matches up with the (laughs) worst alien TV show ever So we kind of start off in the cafe again where you've got Max and Michael talking about the difficulties in dating because Max is like, Maria says we're broken up, but she doesn't act like it. And Max is like, I really want to see Liz, but her dad won't let me. And Max just breaks the rules and goes straight into the Crashdown Cafe, which Liz finds very sexy and very hot. But they're sitting there talking with Maria, Liz, Isabel and Jesse. And Jesse knows nothing about Isabel. He knows nothing about Isabel, especially that she turns into what's a nice way to say it? A bitch. Okay, that's one way. But if you recall from the last Christmas episode where Isabel was involved in everything and running everything, the the drive the food drive for the seniors and the pageant for the children and blah, 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 blah. She's doing the same thing. And Jesse's kind of like, hey, why don't we make our own traditions? Why don't, you know, look, I found my Christmas stuff. I want to put this up. And she's just like, oh, that's interesting. Sort of a thing. Holidaynal retentive. <laughs> I like that. Maybe. As this is all going on, uh, Maria and Liz kind of want to do something to give back to something that's outside of themselves so they get to volunteer for Isabel's Christmas village I guess uh so they are the snow they are the elves candy cane and snowflake and they assist 
Santa, but the problem is Isabel can't find the right Santa. And I will say I was mightily disappointed that she didn't make Jesse do it. And it was never specifically stated. And this is me going out on a limb. But Jesse is not Caucasian. And Isabel says she's trying to find the perfect Santa. And all the Santas she's interviewing are white and drunk. And I'm just like, Jesse would be great. He's so, like, he's jolly. And he's, he's jolly. He's yes. jolly. Uh, yeah. Isabel takes his special Christmas sock hangs it behind the tree and laughs in his face about it and he just chuckles and eats some popcorn the man is jolly but do you know who do you know who really could have used a different storyline this episode who's that the ex-sheriff should have been (gasps) santa (laughs) it would have been great oh i would have loved to have seen that but you know what? He's too busy. He's too busy dating someone that his, is his ah, own son's age. Emily, where's Maria's mom? I don't know. She's been mentioned several times off screen, but she has not shown up. And I'm really afraid that the actress didn't come over to the new station. Yep. They got everybody else's parents, though, who were suspiciously mm-hmm. not in this episode. I was so certain that Max's dad, like, listen, listen. The struggle about, like, a dad who can't connect with his son. Why can't Max put the pieces together? I know I said Michael earlier. Don't come after me. Why can't Max put the pieces together and realize he's the son who's not connecting with his dad? Yeah. Yeah. For this being an episode about Christmas and coming together and family and understanding one another, their parents are nowhere to be seen. Uh, Isabel doesn't say anything about their parents max obviously isn't going to hang out with their parents and and i understand that this movie is about the teenagers but in the previous season they were really pulling the parents in to be part of the kids lives but now it just feels like these kids live all on their own and they're it feels like they're kind of aged up like you know isabel's married max lives on his own michael's a uh, emancipated minor you know it's just it's sad it's, like, it's it would have been that... their parents' first Christmas completely alone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's only supposed to happen when you're an empty nester. Well, I guess they are technically. They are now! But they sh- they shouldn't be. <laughs> this whole Roswell thing. Okay, Meg, you said that you had been really nervous about this because basically what happens is uh, the, the autism Samuel storyline is he's come to Max, he said, Daddy... And the mom is just like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. And she, like, you know, she's so excited about it. Max, again, thinks that this is his son trying to connect with him, trying to communicate with him. Because as Liz says, it's been over a month since your son has tried to communicate with you. Which, but again, we didn't know that. Yeah, we we never see the visions that Max has. Like, I mean, I understand they're probably trying to save money. But on, you know, special, special, I said special occasions, special effects. Um, But it's just hard. Again, we've talked about this. It's hard to care about this character who's off screen, off stage. We don't even know what he looks like. We don't know his name. We know nothing except it's Max's son. And because Max is the main character, we as the audience are now supposed to care super deeply about this kid and what happens to him. But because Max is such a garbage person in this season, I'm just like, 
No, I do not care. Right? I neither. I can't believe neither. I'm so mad at Max. Yeah. But what this episode did well, though, I thought, is Max tried to use his alien powers at, near the end of the episode. Because remember last Christmas, he broke into a hospital wing and healed 15 kids of cancer. And he tried to use his powers again to heal a... Basically, he tried to take away this boy's autism from him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh. Megan was writhing. I was oh writhing. I could feel, oh, like the uncomfortableness was just like coming loud and clear through. And I'm also sitting there going, this is not cool. Like I was, I I was about to say, I'm not surprised. I'm just like, yeah. oh my gosh, they're going to just say like, oh yeah, you're just, aliens could just heal autism. Yeah, because as, as someone who myself is neurodivergent, of course, low support needs as compared to someone like Adam, it is very... Samuel. <sighs> Podcast over, everyone. Thank you. <laughs> there is no Adam. <laughs> There's, There's no Adam. <laughs> I don't even know a Samantha. <laughs> anyway, it's and we we touched on this a little bit in our Way of Kings episode with someone getting their disabilities magically healed. It's always so weird to, for a character to be like, mm, and you mentioned this as we were watching Emily that mm, I think you as a person should be more like this. Don't you want to be like this? Mm-hmm. And I was actually really happy that that Max could not fundamentally change Samuel as a person in order to make Samuel's parents happier. Um, that instead mm-hmm. he worked with Isabel to find a solution where the parents could like meet Samuel where he's at. Although. Their solution was to take the parents into a dream with Samuel so they were all inside each other's minds and could, like, communicate once, like, very clearly and very well. And the end of the episode left it feeling like, oh, because we've able, we've been able to communicate and understand each other just one time, it's, that's enough for us to hold on to forever, no matter how Samuel is in the future. So it, it it wasn't like a perfect landing, but you know, it definitely I'm I'm glad it wasn't like a I don't know. Oh look, no. It's a Pinocchio retelling and we've made him a heavy sarcasm air quotes real boy. And here's all the stuff he's been holding inside that he just really did want to tell you but just couldn't. Yeah. And I have freed him and now ta-da, here's your new son. Did you know at the end of the new live-action Pinocchio, they don't even turn him back into a real boy? (laughs) What? What? Have I not complained to you about this? No! Okay. I don't think so. If you have, I've blocked it out. Now, Emily, in the... the, that's That's the con about doing a podcast, because someone can go, I've never heard this before, and someone else can go on another episode and be like, see, in episode 16 at 37.15, you actually said you have seen this before. You know what? Our listeners aren't like that. None of them write in to tell us anything. That's not true. (laughs) Our Discord is very helpful. Um, Hey, if you join our Patreon, you can come on our Discord and you can write in and tell us. But you don't even have to. You could just email us. You could just email us at it. it at gmail.com. Anyway, what was I talking about? Pinocchio. Okay. Pinocchio. Emily, the 1942 Pinocchio. Do you remember uh, the sequence of events? What happens when they try to escape from Monstro? 
there's a storm, and Pinocchio dies, and Geppetto brings him back to his little wood shop, and the blue fairy comes and turns Pinocchio into a real boy. Okay. Forget all of that. That stupid okay. and terrible storytelling, apparently. Because okay, in- I didn't know that. <laughs> in the live action, Robert Zemeckis and his infinite wisdom. Listen, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't, I shouldn't slam. I know there's so many decisions and fingers in the pie when it comes to making a huge corporate film like that. So, sorry, Robert. But after the monster fight, it's Geppetto who dies. And Pinocchio is crying over his body. And I say dies. He's unconscious. He's just unconscious. Okay. Pinocchio's okay. crying over his body. Now, Emily, the whole thing about the original Pinocchio is that he was a naughty boy. And every time he was yeah. naughty, you know, Blue Fairy shows up a couple times in the film to be like, listen, if you were better, you would be a real boy by now. But the Pinocchio in the new live action is good and sweet and kind and nice all the way through. He doesn't do the ah. bad boy behaviors at Pleasure Island. He doesn't, uh, you know, when he tells lies to make his nose grow, it's in a scene where he tells lies on purpose in order to pick a lock in a scene that was lifted directly from Shrek 2. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Sorry, the ending. The ending. Spoilers for the live-action Pinocchio. And by live-action, I mean one live-action actor and then green screen everyone else. Geppetto's unconscious. Pinocchio's crying over him. Geppetto wakes up and is like, Oh, Pinocchio, my son, we've made it. We've escaped the whale. And they take each other's hands and they walk off into the sunset. And as they're walking off into the sunset to go home, Jiminy Cricket just sort of leans in in front of the camera and says, And Pinocchio was was a, a real boy in his heart no. which is that's the place it matters most uh, no the blue uh. fairy never comes back after her first appearance uh. which is a tragic misuse of cynthia arrivo um oh see listen i know you have your beef with live action disney uh-huh. and i've i've heard it and i agree with a lot of it but i'm just like the next one can't be that bad the next one can't be that bad now we get mulan who has special powers and then we get you know dumbo who they decide to you know have a fake circus because now they've solved animal cruelty and pinocchio not turning to real boy like what the frick <laughs> so i have some conspiracy theories Okay, I'm ready. Tell me. I love conspiracy theories. I think two options. One, okay. they did not hire a human child actor. And <laughs> Robert Zemeckis, who directed such incredible CG movies like The Polar Express, was like, let's make an all CG real boy. And it turned out to be the bride of Renesmee. <laughs> um, <laughs> Basically, I'm thinking that maybe they shot those scenes, but the movie was long and they and they cut it there. Or they're mm-hmm. like, okay, there's a animated Pinocchio coming out that's worse than our movie. And there's an animated Pinocchio coming out that's way better than our movie. We're going to cut our losses and just end our movie early. <laughs> Be in the middle. Yep. I guess. Anyway, everyone should watch Guillermo del Toro's incredible Pinocchio. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And stop motion. It is. An art that's not dying, thanks to whose kid? The guy who owns Miyazaki's Nike. kid. What? Oh, the guy who owns. 
Sorry, I knew it was someone's son, <laughs> and I thought it was, I thought it was son. Uh, no, Hayao Miyazaki's son directed some hand-drawn films. Um, okay, but okay. The listen, I think everyone should buy Nike shoes. I am incredibly grateful to the CEO or owner. I'm not sure what the proper terminology is of Nike for funding really the most interesting and beautiful and exquisite American animated films because Leica isn't a privately traded company. Leica doesn't have to appeal to investors. And they even sometimes, while it doesn't help when they have lower box office turnout, they also aren't wholly dependent on their box office turnout. So we get incredible gems like Paranorman and Coraline and Kubo and the Two Strings. Ooh, Coraline actually just had a theatrical re-release this year and it got $5 million in theaters. I didn't, I would have gone to see it. I really enjoyed that show. Oh, Emily, do you want to hear the most tragic theatrical release I can't attend? Yes. They are. I love it when you're miserable. In 10 theaters around the globe, they are having a special Lower Decks screening. And why can't you go to that? You're the director. Because they're not having any of them in Los Angeles. Boo. Yeah. Apparently there's not enough movie theaters here. <laughs> there is one in Vancouver. That's the only theater location I know for sure. So sorry, I'm trying to remember what got us onto this this train Pinocchio. track. Real boy. Pinocchio. Here's Real your boy. son the oh, way okay. you think he should be. Thank you for backtracking on that for yep. me. Um the idea of like Max creating Samuel, turning Samuel into someone who's quote unquote normal really worried me because Max is supposed to be the king. He's supposed to be the leader. And I understand that he's 18 years old and like this may be a nuance that he just doesn't understand at this moment. But Okay, but you think back to the episode, I think it was episode six, Control, maybe it was five, I'm not sure which one, but where they find their guardian and Max finds out that their guardian is like genetically encoded to obey everything that Max says. Yeah. That, uh, like, I can see this is Max on the path to villainy of, I can, I can rewrite the world the way it should be, that sort of stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and at this point, I mean, there's so many people with so many fingers in these pies. I totally get that this is not just one person's decision to, you know, send them down this, this path. But the idea of someone having the ability, okay, so like, I have not, it's been forever since I've seen, but there is an original Star Trek episode where someone has this power to just like rewrite time and how horrified not yeah. time like reality i know that where he I, can, I think his name is adam <laughs> that's who you're thinking of but he can just like basically say do this or you need to become this and they will do it and there's no way that you can stand up to that because he has this ultimate power to me that is like the most frightening thing i could think of it was just having zero power to say i don't want to do this but having to do it anyway and so the fact that max is like i mean liz said it best where he's like i couldn't heal him and Liz just says, I don't think he needed to be healed. Mm-hmm. He's There's nothing wrong with him. He's not sick. He's not injured. He's just different. Um, and the idea of, okay, so 
I think we talked about this before, but there they had done a documentary, and I didn't see this documentary. It was told to me by a friend, where they were interviewing um, scientists who had uh, switched sides from the Nazi side, and they had, you know, said, "I'm not a Nazi anymore. I want to come work for the U.S. or I or I will like give trade secrets in order for asylum, that sort of thing." And they were asking one of the scientists, they're like, hey, you lived under Hitler's regime. Like you lived in these cities that Hitler had supposedly like perfected and all of these things. And what was it like living under Hitler? And, you know, the interviewers clearly thinking like they're going to hear like, oh, it was awful. Oh, it was a nightmare. Oh, and the guy just thought for a minute and he goes, paradise. And. You could tell, like, from what I understand, that the interviewer was very shocked. And he's like, no, 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 hear me out. It felt like paradise because you knew you were the good guy. You knew that you had done what was right. And you were surrounded by people who had the same ideas as you. And you were surrounded by these beautiful cities where everything was clean and wonderful. And you, there were no problems. And I mean, obviously, there were problems. But that just sort of a thing of just, like, someone in power taking everything that was quote-unquote wrong or quote-unquote different and changing it to fit their ideology creeps me out yes terrifying that's my story so speaking of villains do you think we're going to get a villain this season with roswell with nine episodes left or do you think it's just gonna be a week-to-week adventure honestly they could do anything Mm mm-hmm it's been week to week this whole season. <gasps> yeah. We need to talk about the Michael and Maria of it all. Okay. Listeners. I hear in your voice. Listeners. You've been with yes. us in season one. You know I hate the faux drama of high school couples who break up and get back together and break up and get back together because instead of talking through their issues when things get emotionally uncomfortable the only solution is to split up but then they're so horny they're like santa has to make out with the elf let's get back together (laughs) yeah because michael says at the beginning he's confused because maria says again they've broken up but we're hanging out all the time And I think Michael has a really good attitude about it because he's talking to Max and and Michael says, let's go get a burger. And Max is just like, but Maria is at the Crashdown Cafe. She wants space. And he's like, I'm not going to starve because I have a weird girlfriend. Like, I think at this point, Michael knows that like Maria. Okay, here's here's the thing. I think Michael knows Maria is reacting emotionally to a lot of stuff. Still, I think the death of Alex her old boyfriend that came back and was like, you should write music. And she's like, maybe I should. And like a lot of things are changing. I'm not like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not supporting. You're not. Not saying it's okay. Oh, man. I knew the word until you asked me. (laughs) Endorsing. Endorsing this, yeah. But yeah, because the previous episode, it was all about oh my gosh, Michael and Maria have broken up and this time it's for real. And then the next episode immediately starts with Michael being like, we're not really broken up. And Maria kind of like being wishy-washy about it. Like, wow, he's really great with kids. No, I can't think about that. Wow, he's really great for Jews. No, I can't think about this. And yeah, it meant nothing. That's okay. I think that's the thing that bothers me the most when it comes to 
television shows. That's where I start losing interest. And I've talked about Lost where like the choice between Jack and Sawyer for Kate, every single time she flip-flopped, it was going to be life-changing and she was going to be with the other person forever. And then, oh my gosh, I made a mistake. And that happens for seven seasons. Ugh, I hated it. But the idea that it just didn't matter, that the breakup was just a filler episode. And I'm like, I wasted an hour watching this where it didn't move the story along like, at all. Yeah. And it's frustrating if, as the viewer. If we hadn't watched the last episode, I would have just from the exposition at the start of this episode just thought that Michael and Maria were just having their tiffs like they always do. On the outs again, yeah. Yeah, so. Because what's Maria going to do if she breaks up with Michael? Like, it, I feel like if she had really broken up, it would have meant something and something big would have changed. Like, this is what needs to push Maria to go to New York with Billy and be a rock star. And, like, it felt like an episode Mar Maria was getting written off the show because she was trying to think about going to New York but it just, nothing happened. Like, nothing came of it. And it feels like, I'm going to say a slap in the face to the readers. I don't mm -hmm. really mean it like that. But enough that it's just like, haha, you were really into this. We tricked you. Yeah. You know what? Just overall, this episode's another miss for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling really bad about making you watch this. But we're halfway there. Oh. We're halfway through the season. And then we get to do... All of the Star Wars that I want. You. But um, where did you? We're also directly, directly next. We get to do Scalamance, and I'm excited. So, uh, yes, did you, you find the books? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're inside. They were inside my coffee table. Okay. So I went to visit Megan, and one of the things we did when while we were there is we went to Barnes and Noble so I could buy her the set of books so that we can podcast about it. And the day that I left, I looked everywhere for those books and I couldn't find them. I'm like, I know specifically I brought them into your house. And that just again goes to show that your house is a black hole and eats everything. It's it's a hard knock life for us. There's this great edit of Lower Decks footage to the 2014 Annie version of that song. I watch it so much. And there'll be, there, there have been a couple things in this season I've asked my artists to do. I'm like, ha ha, maybe they'll get added onto that edit. They won't. That person's <laughs> not making you edit. But anyway, yeah. Guys, look up Lower Decks. It's a hard knock life. It's a very funny video. All right. Well, that was Roswell Season 3, Episode 9, Samuel Rising. Our next episode is going to come out in two weeks. And that is going to be Roswell Season 3, Episode 10, A Tale of Two Parties. Yeah, there's going to be a cool party and a loser party, and our characters are going to have to show up at both of them. There's going to be one of the old soap factory. Nah, I'm going to I'm <laughs> gonna guess New Year's. Week after Christmas, okay. I'm going to guess. Did we, wait, wait, before we leave, did we talk okay. about the sheriff's heinous rubber glove chicken incident? no oh i'm so glad you brought that up i'm so glad because so the sheriff is, is making the sheriff is making christmas dinner and i'm like great he's getting his life together for his teenage son who is supporting him and the man has dish gloves on to to work with a the raw turkey ones. yeah and i'm like 
okay, like, I get that maybe this is a safety thing on set that, like, the actor didn't want to have to handle raw chicken, you know, all day under the under the set lights. I get it. But then he starts pulling things out of the fridge to just stuff in the bird. And I'm like, oh, this is showing that this man is an uncomfortable. An incompetent fool. Emily, I miss the season one sheriff. I miss the season oh, one bad yeah. at his job sheriff. He at yeah. least was like interesting and had a goal. Like what a great long-term villain. He was the longest term villain we had in this show. But anyway, the part that was most horrifying is he reaches into the fridge with his yellow rubber cleaning gloved hands and he pulls out a very rumpled head of lettuce that I think has already gone through several takes, and he shoves the entire lettuce up the bird's pelvis. Yep. And, like, thumps it in there a couple times so it's good and stuck. Ugh. And the thing is, he... as a, It's a fun character thing, but, like... Also, I'm just like, hey, you're wearing cleaning gloves, which are keeping your hands protected, but you're touching surfaces all over the kitchen with raw meat hands and then putting your whole hand into like a spice jar with it's covered in turkey germs, grabbing a handful of spices and just like dusting the turkey with it. And I'm just like, the whole thing is contaminated, Listen, sir. Not You are going to give your family salmonella. Not everyone's dad can be as exquisite of a turkey artist as our father is. Oh, our dad, amazing, amazing. I mean, it's, it's, it's an experience to watch him prep and cook well, prep and fry the turkey that we do every year. It's it's beautiful. It's a work of art. Anyway, speaking of works We're of art, biased. there's this really sexy villain in the new Star Wars <laughs> Jedi game. <laughs> and like, I'm so excited to meet him. Through no fault of his own, he's shirtless in this fight. Is this the one that's voiced by Catalo from no. Horizon Zero Dawn? No. No. Sorry, I was gonna I was gonna explain more to you, but I'm really trying to do like as light on the spoilers as possible. Um, I appreciate that. I have already found my next impossible secret boss though, uh, mm-hmm. hidden back in a cave as I was exploring. So maybe I'll I'll stream if I can get all my emails done and all my notes written. Um, maybe th- later this week I will stream me getting killed continuously by this villain. Perfect. I look forward to that. That's really fun. Maybe you could watch. It'll have nothing to do with the main story. All right. I'll do it. All right. Um, Well, that is it for our Roswell episode this week. Thank you to all of our listeners who tuned in. We super appreciate you coming and hanging out with us every week. Again, we're going to get the Patreon up, uh, and we will make sure that that information is up and available. If you have any questions, let us know. Very special thanks to Michael B. and Cardi for the use of his song, A Passing Storm, as our intro and outro. Um, I just wanted to say again to the listeners, thank you so much. We're going to get our Patreon together. Uh, we'll we'll keep you guys updated, keep you informed on when that's coming out. Uh, and listen, we understand that not everyone can uh, support us monetarily. We totally get that. And we are not asking. Well, I'm not going to say that. We yes, totally we get, are. Give us money. <laughs> I'm saying if for whatever reason it doesn't fit the budget this month, another way that you can support us that's 
free is if you go to iTunes or Spotify and you rate and review us. Uh, The more reviews and ratings we get, the higher up we rise in the rankings. And that is what gets us noticed by more people, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So again, if you do want to support the podcast, you can do it for free by just giving us a little rating and review. And we sure appreciate everyone who's done that so far. Um, I think that's it. I think that uh, now, Megan, I have to get back to my dishes. I'm going to go play Star Wars. Well, fine. And I I know you can beat this person in less than seven hours. Because you know why? Why? I believe in you. (gasps) I believe in you too. Ready. Break. Break. I'm so glad I remembered the turkey. <laughs>